this this episode is gonna be again about um, new athletic training. We are gonna follow up what we did last time, but then probably for the next one we'll do the uh, neuromechanics. Neuromechanics is called neuromechanics, yeah, neuromechanics for, yeah. Yeah. for for the strength and condition. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, it's generally a concept like that comes from a couple of. Um, I think the one guy was a doctor, the other one was a like a physiotherapist or therapist, and and um, they actually used it to treat like a lot of, of, of dysfunction and pain that people had that clients. So it was more yeah. like a therapeutic approach to, to training, but there's a lot of cool stuff you can do in regards to um, creating better um, like movement accuracy, creating better strength in certain joints by just doing the drills in a, in a proper way. It's a, I think it's something really cool and it's something that's very, very easy to implement in your warm-ups. And it's, you know, it, it, it's not too technical. It's, I mean, you have this, you have your spinal cord, you can stretch the spinal cord by like bending the spine and then you only need to go like, okay, where's the nerve running? Ah, the nerve runs over here. If I do this movement and then I tilt the way, I'm going to put stretch on the nerve. So it's, it's something I think that's very easy for people to comprehend. Okay. Which, um, We'll talk about neuroathletic training today again. Before we dive into a new topic, I want to revisit last week's, last week's podcast um, where we have mainly been talking about the brainstem, which is an, a very old part of your brain. And it has quite a bit of different functions in your body, mostly related to autonomic regulation, like regulating your, your blood pressure, your, your breathing, and a lot of these things but it has also quite a bit of influence on, on your muscle tone. And what we have been talking about yesterday is a, uh, about, about, about last time we, we did the podcast was that your brainstem is, is partitioned into three different layers. And uh, one layer is the, the mesencephalon, it's the midbrain, one layer is the, the pons, and one layer is the medulla. And they all regulate muscle tone in a different level. And then next to it, there is the, the uh, cerebellum, which is, which is another very old part of the brain that's, that's uh, mainly focusing on, on movement accuracy, uh, balance and coordination issues. So these, these four distinct parts regulate um, global muscle tension in the body. And last time we were speaking about the mesencephalon and the mesencephalon, if you activate the mesencephalon, you're going to increase flexor tone in your body. So we, we did a couple of drills for the eyes so we did some convergence drills because in the mesencephalon, in the midbrain, there are um, nuclei, it's like a cluster of nerves that, that are regulating and doing eye movements. And by activating these nerves, you get better blood flow in the whole mesencephalon, in the whole midbrain. And by increasing the activity of the midbrain, you're also increasing the muscle tone of the flexors. So if you're a guy that had any issues with bending forward, a lot of tension, in the hamstrings, a lot of tension in the low back. Um, you have issues folding over. You have issues doing toes to bar properly. Um, you can't touch your toes with straight legs. Like all these things, uh, it, it might be worth considering doing some work on the midbrain on convergence or um, vertical eye movements to increase the to increase the the global tone of the flexor muscles. Because if there's a disbalance between flexor tone and extensor tone very often our movement capacity is quite dramatically limited because the joints are not, and it's all like sometimes it's millimeters that, that make a difference. But if the joint is not really congruent and you have too much tone on one side, you have a pull on one side that's too, too big, 
um, the joints not balanced anymore and you're, you're, you will be losing strength and mobility and all these other things. So this was last time we were talking about the mesencephalon. Um, today, I want to talk about um, a little bit more about the, the pons and the cerebellum, which are, which are two fascinating areas. And uh, I want to talk a little bit more about, about balance. So the, the, the pons essentially is, is, is um, creating extensor tone in concert with the cerebellum. So uh, there's a lot of uh, vestibular like balance information, like from the inner ear going to the pons. There are the, the, the nuclei of the vestibular system, the balance system in the body, and they are in constant exchange with the cerebellum to create proper extensor tone. And uh, we will talk about the, about the balance system in, in a couple of podcasts later. I think it's, it's a system that is totally underutilized in training and can have really dramatic effects on, on your overall posture, on your overall extensor strength um, that, that, that not, a li- not a lot of people know a lot about. And, and it's actually fairly easy to start um, doing proper balance work. And it's, it's, if, you, if you're get, getting into it, it's actually quite fun as well. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about the, the, the pons. So that the pons is just below the, the midbrain and it's above the medulla. It's the area here in between. And uh, there, are, there are four like cranial nerves that, that leave the pons. And when we try to activate these cranial nerves, we get an upregulation of blood flow and activity in the pons. And this will increase our ability to or our ability to create strength in extensor muscles. And I just want to go uh, briefly over, over like how this works. And um, I want to start with, with uh, cranial nerve five. It's the trigeminal nerve. And what the trigeminal nerve basically is doing, it's innervating the face and it, it, it is sending information to the brainstem about sensory information regarding the face. So uh, when we do a neuroathletic training, a lot of the, a lot of the concepts that we, that we use are based on the input that we are giving the brain. And by, by changing the input, we are trying to influence the output that we're creating. So uh, one form of input in regards to, this, to the trigeminal nerve is uh, sensation. So what, what you could do, if you have a, if you have a, an, uh, like not proper working uh, brainstem. So let's say on one side, your extensor muscles are really weak. You can easily test it. You can have somebody do a, a lat test. So I'll internally rotate my arm. I keep my shoulder still. I'll try to pull the arm towards my, my hip. And the other guy is like trying to push, uh, pull it away. So this is a good test for the lat. It's an extensor muscle. You could um, do uh, extensor muscle of the, of, of the, like your quadriceps, basically, you could do your your glute max. So there's a bunch of drills that you could do uh, to to test your extensor muscles. For example, you could do like a, a glute bridge on one side and see if you feel. Some people have that when they do glute bridges, they don't feel their 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 glutes working. They feel more their hamstrings working in, in this regard. So uh, you you can test a bunch of the extensor muscles, triceps, back, whatever. <clears throat> what's what's the cause of that? So why some people feel it in the glutes and why some people feel it in the, in the hamstring? Yeah, yeah, but like one, one thing might be that their cerebellum is not working properly and that the, 
engagement of the glute is really bad. So they don't create enough firing in the glute and that's why they need to like substitute that movement by creating more tone in the in the hamstring. In the hamstring. Yeah. And how, how that can be fixed. And th that's, what, that's what I'm going to talk okay. about. So one thing is it might be, um, so these systems, they work um, like ipsilaterally. So when I, when I have a, a weak right um, extensor tone, so my, my triceps is weaker on the, on the right side, my lat is weaker on that side, um, I could give myself a facial sensation. Like I could take a, like a, like a little napkin and go, okay, I'm going to just easily brush my face on that side for 30 seconds, okay, all around. The trigeminal nerve is also uh, working on your, on your chewing musculature, so you could bite on the right side, like bite really hard on one side and give that sensation as well so that you create more stimulus for that area. So you do a glute bridge. You see, okay, both legs, uh, my right glute is not firing properly. I don't have any firing in the right glute. What I do is I'm going to bite on the right side. I'm going to do this for 30 seconds, fighting on the right side and giving myself sensation. You could use a lot of different sensations. You could use a little bit sharper. You could use a little cold and warm sensations. You could light touch, a little bit heavier touch. Something that always works great is vibration. Um, vibration has, a, has really cool effects on, on, on most people. And then retest your, retest your glute strength. And what you very often will find is that you're able to produce way more strength or for example, that you have a better extension of your hip. So if you're, if you're doing like sprint training or running training and you have an issue extending your hip, it might be another cool thing that you do is you activate the, the pons and you got better extension of your, of your, of your hip. So this is one by, way of yeah. by activating the face, the face sensation, you activate yeah, so, the pons. So if I'm, if I'm doing this on my right side of the face, like the skin is innervated by the trigeminal nerve. So the trigeminal nerve is taking the information from my skin. And it's, it's, it's like, if, if let's say this is my skin over here and it's bringing the sensation all the way to the pons to the nuclei of the trigeminal nerve. And in there, there's some processing of the sensation and then it's going to be sent up to higher areas of the brain. But with upregulating, with, like, with touching, with uh, biting on one side, you can get a, a pretty good upregulation of, of the pons on the right side and it will increase your extensor tone on the right side. So this is one way of doing it. The, the, um, the, 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 the sixth cranial nerve is the abducens nerve. He's pulling the, the eyes outside so the nerve that we talked about last time, cranial nerve three, it's the one that's pulling the eye inside. That's why we did a lot of convergence to flex better. Essentially uh, doing divergence, um, like getting the eyes out is, is a great drill for creating pontine activity. So you, I could cover one eye and try to hold like an, uh, a position where I'm like looking outside with the other eye. Outside, no? Yeah. Yes, exactly. So if I'm right pont is weak, I could go like, okay, I'm going to look at this. Maybe I bite on the right side as well. And I just keep my eye on that position, create a little bit more upregulation in the pulse. But so in, so in this yeah. case, if you have an issue on the right side, you you need to do everything on the right side, not the left. Right side work. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think even 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 like the, the seventh cranial nerve, it's the, the facial nerve. It's innovating all the musculature on your right side. So if you do drills like, okay, I'm going to like squeeze my eye really hard. I'm going to um, pull my, my lips up on that side really hard. 
like just creating like muscular activity on the right side with the facial muscles is a great activator of the, the pontine region as well. So you, I could go like, and I could co combine it in this way as well. So I could go like, I'm going to squeeze my right eye. I'm going to pull my um, right cheek up. I'm going to bite on the right side. And then I'm going to like brush my teeth, uh, my, my, my face as I'm doing this. This gives a lot of input to the, to the pons. And you might see way better extensor tone on, on, on this side then. So better, better mobility in extension and better strength in extension. And I think the, the last one that I want to mention briefly is, is, the, is the, are the vestibular nuclei, the nuclei that process uh, information from the inner ear. And the inner ear basically sends information about head rotation, a head tilt, in all different directions to the brain so that the brain knows where the body is going or whether where the head is going. So, um, and the system, I'll just easily explain it, is you have three organs that measure, that measure rotation in the head. So if you go back to school, like you have these uh, a coordinate system and essentially these canals, they're like uh, filled with water. And if you move your head, there's a sail at the end and the movement of the head creates movement of the water and the water's pushing against the sail. So by pushing against the sail, you're creating nerve stimulus. So when I'm turning my head to the right, I have an increase because the water is pushing in, in, in this way against the sail. I have an increase on the right side and they decrease on the left side. So this is how the system works. It's like a push-pull system. If I turn head right, this fires more, this fires a little less. My brain knows, okay, fast is turning its head to the right. And then we have a, an, an, like two, two other um, sensors that measure this kind of movement, so my, my brain, my head is turning this way, and also like this kind of movement, my head is going this way. So these sensors, they are, they are lying a little bit, they're not lying like this in the, in the head, they're a little bit uh, skewed in the, in the head. So they measure, measure rotation of the head. So what you could easily do to increase um, pontine activity is doing drills, balance drills, where you have head rotations. And there is, in, in essence, there are two main drills that you can do. Uh, one is called a a VOR, a vestibular ocular reflex. So it's one of the quickest reflexes in the body and it's there to stabilize the visual system. And what it does is if I do a fast rotation of my head and I'm looking at the camera, my eyes should move, make a counter movement to my head rotation. Reflexively. To, keep, to keep a steady looking at the camera. So I'm, exactly. I'm moving to the exactly. side and my eyes need to be... Exactly. So yeah, you, you guys the... probably, uh, I guess you have seen it uh, back in the days, Blair Witch Project. You remember Blair Witch Project? No, was that? It was oh, like a, yeah, 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 the Blair Witch Project, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these guys were running with the camera. Yeah. The camera, it had no stabilizer. So when the, mm -hmm. when, when the, when the picture is not being stabilized, this is exactly what would happen when you would be walking okay. on the street and your eyes would do counter movements that are you're totally unaware of. Your picture would be like, it would be shaking all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot of systems in the vestibular system that kind of balance out movement of the body and the head to give us a clear visual picture. And a very easy way to train this is um, with the VOR, the vestibular ocular reflex. So if you have an issue, I'll show the drill. So you put a, like a pen, the tip of a pen in front of you. I have letters on my, on my pen. And the only thing I'm doing, it's, it's for my right horizontal canal. I'm doing a quick head motion to the right. And then I'm slowly coming back to the middle. A quick head motion to the right, slowly coming back to the middle. And what you'll realize, if you have an issue with that uh, canal, for example, is that, that you have a very hard time keeping your eyes on the target. 
So a lot of people, they go like, oh, they look somewhere else and they go like, ah, damn, I should have looked over there. And then they jump back with their eyes. So that's okay. a cool indicator of, okay, the system is not working properly. And it should be kind of a fast movement. So yeah. um, I, I, like I'll show this. And if you, want to, if you want to have a proper integration of it, um, of course you can, if, you, if your system is very compromised, you can do this in a seated position. Like I'm just sitting on a chair. Um, the next step would be, I'm standing in a hip width position. So, okay, that's still, for most people, if you have no compromised system, that's very easy. But then you could also go like, okay, I'm going to keep my feet together. I'm going to... Yeah, Basti, Basti, yeah. can you can you unshare your, your screen and do that really? Oh, yeah, sure. Pretty small. There you go. Okay, so I could go like feet together, one foot in front of the other, or the last progression would be standing on one leg or maybe even on the ball of the foot. So this makes it harder and harder and harder. What we found out over the years is that most people make their balance work too easy. It should be quite difficult. And then what you're going to do is, I'm going to show it to you with feet together now. So you're standing like this, you put the pen up, you make a quick rotation to the right, slowly come back to the middle, quick rotation to the right, slowly come back to the middle, quick rotation to the right, slowly come back to the middle. Okay, for me, this is already really easy because I've practiced it quite a bit. Um, now I can go like, okay, I'm going to stand on one leg. I'm going to do the same thing, rotation, slowly come back to the middle, rotation, slowly come back to the middle, rotation, slowly come back to the middle. And what you'll find is that a, a lot of people yeah. have a, a very hard time keeping their eyes on the target or falling over um, when they do the drill. And so you can do the rotation to the right for the right side. You can do the rotation to the right and up also for the right side, or you can do the rotation to the down and left, which would also be the right side. You can and try always, all yeah. always need to be fast. So it's not like a slow movement. It needs to be fast it movement of the head. If you can't do it, it's you should if you're able to do it, you should increase the speed, make it tougher and tougher. And also, okay. don't start out too hard. There's no, there's no reason to do it in a way where you go like, okay, I'm standing on one leg and, say, and I'm falling yeah, over yeah. And go again and I fall over. You should at least have the ability to do like a, a couple of reps and stabilize, even if it's a bit shaky, but it shouldn't be crazy shaky so that you have almost no control of the movement. Yeah. And like the, this is uh, like the, the three semicircular canals that measure head rotation. It's a very easy way of increasing the flexor tone on the right side. And it's, you can do like up and down movements that's for both sides. Um, you could do just basically activating, turning left and, and, and right. This would activate both semicircular canals and you would create more upregulation. But that's cool stuff that you could do, for example, when you're, when you're doing deadlift workouts, where you have a lot of extent, where you need a lot of extensor tone. Um, it's, it's, it's great to do, Bounce that the cool thing is, uh, like a bunch of people, they really need to do the, the deliberate practice of making the system better. So, if you have a system that's not working and you're like, Yeah, whatever, I'll just do it, and your eyes look anywhere, there's no sense in doing it like this. But for some people, it this might be, I'm sitting down, I'm rotating my head slowly, I'm going rotating back. Uh, just recently, I worked with a, with a guy that had MS, like multiple sclerosis, and they have a lot of issues moving their eyes. And we were doing a lot of work on the, on the eyes. And he was not able to do this at all. Like any movement of the head was his eyes were looking somewhere else. And we slowly rebuilt that reflex by doing a lot of different drills. But um, for some people, it starts really slowly and easy. But if you're really good at that and you can do it on, on one leg without any issue, that's great. You can integrate it into more dynamic movements. Like you can do it like an inline lunge to make it harder, rotate your head, slowly come back. 
go again, rotate your head, slowly come back. So you can make it quite a bit of, like a, a little bit more athletic than just yeah, standing yeah. and integrate movement patterns into, into that as well when you're warming up. I could you can do I it in the warm up. Like you, don't, yeah, exactly. you just need to focus on something and start doing some mobility, whatever yeah. you want to do. You can go and like say, I'm, I'm going to focus on the whatever tree out there. Yeah. I'm going to lunge, shake, go up, lunge, shake, go up. And then okay. the goal is to have a, the, 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 the main goal is to always have a clear picture as you're doing the movement with your head. Yeah. yeah. Great way of activating the, uh, cere the, the, the pons and also the cerebellum that facilitate extensor tone. So if you're, you do, if you're doing that work, so really nice. Will you do these these drills together with the one from last weekend, from last week, or need to be done in separate days? Because one is more for the extension and the other one is more for the flexors, right? So I don't know if... Exactly, exactly. So what I mean, if you really have a severe issue with your extensor tone on one side, it might also be beneficial to do these drills on that side and it will help you sometimes with flexion as well. If your extensors are not properly regulated, if they have an, as, as soon as you start moving, they create too much tone or not enough tone, um, it might impact your ability to flex as well. So sometimes it's like, okay, uh, you, you need to play around with it and find it out. But what I would recommend in general is if you do flexor-based activity, do the drills from last week. If you are more doing extensor-based uh, activity, do the drills from, okay. from this week. And if you have no issue doing a toe to bar and the toe to bar is easy and you fold over, but you have issue doing a, a proper extension, the deadlift, or you can't feel your glutes or whatever in the deadlift. Um, what you could do is do the, like, if you do the workout, um, you prep the stuff that is weaker. So my, my extensors are bad. I'm not going to do any flexor work. I'm using the, the stuff for the extensors that we did today. Okay. So the, the swing of a toes to bar, for example, is yeah. that extension or? Or it's a flexion because, you know, you do the... The extension part is this. So if you're bad at yeah. getting... Yeah, yeah. The extension part. If, you've, if you've guys having issues with that, for example, that's a great way of, of facilitating global, uh, global extension tone. Um, it, it, it's really cool. And what you can do is, as I told you, the, the cerebellum is also regulating muscle tone on the same side. You could, you could do drills like, um, like this. So I'm, I'm going to put, go into a position where I activate all my extensor muscles on the, on the right side. So it will be, I put my foot back, I squeeze my butt, I extend my leg, I'm extending my spine, okay? Okay. Back a little, and then I could go a little bit to the right. This will facilitate the right extension as well. That would be cool, for example, if you practice, if you want to practice. Somebody, somebody's calling you, right? I know. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that, that's actually pretty pretty cool because I think most of the people are having issue on the on the swing rather than them bringing the legs uh, to the to the actual bar, unless you are getting tired, obviously. But I think the well, main I issue with people is you know the lack of mobility that they, they can't really extend too much the uh, or arc too much. Exactly. Um, so that's actually it's a, a pretty good drill. That's a great great drill that you can do. Like one is just doing the head movements, but the other one is combining it with actual positions that you want to see yeah. um, in your movement. And one yeah. way of really gets a lot of, of, of good activation of the right cerebellum is putting your whole body in extension. So like the one just told you, I go like this, my arm goes back, I'm activating my lap as well. I'm going like here, okay. And then I can go like, okay, I rotate my head. I do this motion with the head or down to the left. And this will also facilitate 
good extensor tone on the right side. But but you will do it exactly right side first and the left side first. So you get you, depending on you get you, the you position have, that you yeah. want, and yeah. then uh, depending on like sometimes. So so with the body and we we talk, I think we'll talk about unilateral training and why unilateral training is important as well. But in essence, the you always have a right side and the left side, and sometimes one side is not functioning properly. So what you might find is like look at a lot of people squatting. They have a shift in their squat because one yeah. side is not stabilizing or doing proper stuff and the other side is doing doing it differently. So um, oftentimes you want to work on one side and I, I'll probably work on one side if I see that my VOR, I'm not able to do a VOR on that side. Mm. Like one side will feel great. The other side will feel like, ah, it's a little bit yeah. weird. It doesn't feel well. Or your eyes jump to somewhere else. If you have that kind of sensation, do the side that you realize is worse. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so for for example, it's remember the video that I sent you that I was doing double unders. Um, I was jumping more or less in the same side, but you were telling me, which is true, and I never noticed that one of my hands, instead of you know have them like this, it was kind of kind of this more or less. Um, Very likely, it's a cerebellar issue. Yeah. Very likely, the cerebellum is is here for uh, like more fine motor control and coordination. And very often when the cerebellum is not working properly, and you'll see this a dozen of times in athletes when they jump double unders, one hand is driving the rope and the other one is just passively doing nothing yeah. and is probably in a different position. Also, when you see people running, very often they do something really weird with one arm and you're like, what the fuck is he doing? You're like, yeah. why, why is he doing his arm in this way? A lot of times the, there's dysregulation in the cerebellum and the cerebellum is not coordinating the arm properly. So it's very likely that your cerebellum that there's either in the, you have different parts of the cerebellum. One is controlling more um, uh, distal, distal joints, like joints that are further away from the body. One is controlling more intermediate joints, like your shoulders. And one part is coordinating more um, very proximal joints, like the spine and the eyes, for example, like that's the midline cerebellum. And if the stuff that's either for your shoulders or your hands is not properly coordinating on that side, you'll have a very hard time doing an e equally, um, fluid motion on both hands. Mm -hmm. But we, we, could, we could talk a little bit about um, being more specific with cerebellar testing and what you can do to find out which side is lacking the next time. Okay, so whatever needs to be done to correct this, we haven't covered it yet because that's no. that's no. cerebellum. So there's another kind of type of drills. Okay, that's pretty yes. cool. So, so yeah. far, just to, to remember, we, we today we are covering the- um, Extensors. The extensors. The extensors. And the flexors, we did it last last time. And today yeah. we are talking, it's related, the extensors are related to the possum, right? The, the and the possum, flexors, yeah. flexors were related to? Midbrain. Midbrain, exactly, mid okay. Yeah, the mesencephalon, okay, okay. that's the fancy word that people use, mesencephalon, but midbrain. Yeah. And and what you basically are doing with the drills that I showed, sh showed is you're activating the, the nuclei in the brain, like the like it's a bunch of neurons working together uh, in the midbrain it's for moving the eyes in and out and up and down and for the pons it was like sensation in the face biting on one side on the face that's trigeminal um, by doing eye muscle like um, muscle activation like getting your your lips up on one side squeezing your eye stuff like that that's the facial nerve so you're activating the musculature and and then the, the balance drills on that side as well Okay. And abduction of the eye. Okay, that's that's pretty cool. I think I'm I'm actually gonna try this with a couple of guys at my gym that I know that they have 
difficulties to, you know, not only overhead, but just like pushing their arms back and also doing the swing. You can see that they do a really kind of short swing. Um, so I'm yeah. going to try with them and see if, if they can get any benefit. Yeah, let, let me know. The, the, the one thing that you need to be, and I always talk about it, and I think we talked about it, is you need to be very precise in your, in your movement to get good results from the drill. So if I have a lot of weird movement with my head when I do the drill and it's not like a good horizontal movement, I might not see good activation of that side. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's very often I think it's good to have a coach that has a, a good knowledge yeah. of, of how to test it and see what's wrong to actually um, have a spe very specific intervention. Yeah. It, it's, okay. it's like if you, if you coach somebody a squat and you realize he has uh, whatever, he has issues going uh, in the proper depth and you don't see that he has very limited ankle mobility and you say, yeah, you know, let's work on your hip. It's like addressing the wrong thing yeah. for the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know I mean? And it, it, it's very often in this case as well as, yeah, you know a drill, you do the drill, but you have actually no clue of how the drill really works. And then it's like, ah, really, it, it does not work. I had that in the gym a bunch of, of times. Like um, people were like, no, I didn't realize anything. And then I was like, okay, show me the drill again. And they just did something that was close to but close to but not exactly yeah yeah but 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 but, but not close enough yeah <laughs> yeah cool but i think i think it's perfect timing we've done 35 yeah. minutes um, yeah that, it will be nice if you send me like last time the names of the exercises or you know the keywords yeah. so i'll put them in the podcast and the youtube channel as well um cool. but yeah basti thanks a lot again thanks adrian cool talk to you soon Bye. Yeah, see you, man. Bye, Rusty. Bye.